What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO to live your bet life and get up to two free bets for $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? Talking a little quick because we got a lot to cram into one hour. Yeah, there's that cool T-shirt, that QB1 shirt. Buy it. Just do it. That saves us a lot of time here and a lot of energy. Okay, so got the crew here today. Nick's here. Will's here. We had this whole big show planned, felt like on a Friday, where we sort of had this break going into Labor Day. We could zoom out, look at some fantasy football stuff for the Bears, look at prop bets for the season. And uh, thank you to Dan Pompey for not allowing the Bears to announce this at 5 p.m. on a you know, holiday weekend. Dan Pompey doing a great job, is one of the greatest to ever do it, uh, with an exclusive story announcing that Ted Phillips will retire in February. This is news that uh, is not really surprising. It had been circulating a little bit last year. There had been talk that maybe as the Bears were making changes with their GM and head coach that this would be a part of it. There was a small change there. We'll get into all of that stuff. But the Bears then officially announcing February. Ted Phillips is out. The team will be under new leadership, guys. It's about time. It's about time, and I, I'm going to shout out Kevin Kaduck for his tweet that he put uh, not too long ago. His tweet says, Ted Phillips' reign atop the Bears spanned five U.S. presidents and produced three playoff victories. Like That it, that embodies exactly why it was time for Ted Phillips to you know not be in his position anymore, but I told my dad that stat right before we you know came to do the show. He's like, wow, that's terrible. It's like, yeah, it is, and that's why it's time to, to make some change. Yeah, I mean, he's his role did change this season already. So he isn't, you know, the GM doesn't report to him or anything of that nature already. So this is going to be interesting to see if they restructure yet again, if they bring in another team president, if this, if the GM will report to him or if it's going to stay with McCaskey. I think those are kind of the further updates and developments I'm looking for. But I, I think you said it, Nick. It's about time, probably a few years overdue. And I think the track record speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, the the reality is, and I give Ted a little bit of credit because he mentions this in his, you know, his own quotes. Like the team hasn't won enough in the time that he's been the president um, of the of the team. They have a 480 winning percentage. They failed to make the playoffs in 73 percent of the seasons, as Dan put in his story. Um, and Phillips called the lack of winning his biggest disappointment. So um, now I do get a little bit of a kick out of him sort of taking credit for his own demotion. Uh, now, this came up in the winter, and I didn't like this then. I don't really like it now because it, apparently it is the truth that Phillips, the idea of him not having the GM report to Ted anymore was Ted's idea. This came up. I think George mentioned this back when all this change was going on in the winter. And I, that's kind of still the problem here, guys, is if you want to give Ted Phillips some credit, which you can do for sort of the first 12 ish, maybe more like 11, 12 ish years that they did go to a Super Bowl. The hiring of Jerry Angelo, the first GM they had had in a long time, was a good move. Um, the hiring of Lovey Smith, things were on the right trajectory. Where the line actually sort of gets drawn is when George came into the picture. 
and became the chairman. Um, and together they haven't been successful at all. And they've gone through all these GMs and all these coaches. So the fact that it still took Ted to go to George and say, Hey, we need to make these changes. I think this is still concerning at the top, especially yeah. when you consider that they now have to hire Ted's replacement. And who's that person going to be? I don't mean to be like doom and gloom here, but this was long time waiting. I think a lot of fans have been waiting for this, but it's still going to come down to what Ryan Poles and the football people can really do to fix the winning on the field, I think. And I wonder, Adam, if they bring in more football guys, right? We know George McCaskey isn't a football guy and Ted Phillips wasn't. And I go back to like what, how much is deservingly supposed to be put on Ted Phillips, but you know, he did have a big part in hiring and firing the people that were a part of football operations. So now you kind of go back, like if there was somebody else in that role, how different is this organization? Like you look at the pace and when he was hired, you look at, you know, players that were selected. If you have somebody different in that role, how different is it? We'll never know. But yeah, I just wonder if that's a direction that the Bears will maybe look to replace him with someone that does have that football background. Best case scenario, whoever steps in doesn't have to worry about a GM or a head coach for a long time. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be nice. Um, and to your point about, you know, hiring somebody with a football background, um, I think I think that that's smart. Um, you know, a lot of people bring up Trace Armstrong's name. I think Trace Armstrong would be a phenomenal candidate. I don't think Trace Armstrong wants to do it. He's a very successful <laughs> business right now representing coaches and GMs, including Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Um so unless he has a change of heart and really wants to take on the task of this job, which is a big one and comes with, Hey, first order of business, figure out this stadium. Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, I, I just, that's part of who they got to find here. Where does that all come in? And now that's where I want to bring some optimism to this change with all due respect to a man that has made the Bears a lot of money. Okay, from the financial side of things, Ted Phillips has been a success for the owners, okay? But all due respect to that, when he says the highlight of my career is Soldier Field, <laughs> while he is actively right now trying to get the team out of that highlight of his career, I think encompasses sort of what the problem here is. No, it's a good point, Adam. Um, when I read that too, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting, right? Um, and you know, with two, because he said he is obviously retiring at the end of this season, he still has a role of fill in trying to, you know, make Arlington Heights uh, the new new home for the Bears, right? So, um, the in the article that Dan Pompey wrote, he said uh, he wrote that the intention is to close on the property before Phillips retires. But Phillips and McCaskey indicate there are a lot of unknowns still with that. But, yeah, there's still still work to be done for Phillips in his last full season in his position. And, yeah, we'll see how that all goes. I don't have anything further to add here. It's, uh, like I said, probably overdue. And I think a lot of Bears fans are happy today. And, you know, that's okay. That's a, that's a good spot to be in. Well, and I do want to be fair. Like, I understand where he's coming from. The the getting – I think it, it people – with time have forgotten like how big of a problem it was to just get soldier field to where it is now. 
and what they were playing in before. And as Pompey does a really good job of detailing in his story, like it was holding the Bears back from making money, the revenue streams that they just didn't have. Um, but all that being said, while it is a huge step forward, and I'm sure, you know, he I could see why he looks at it as a success story. The reality is we're still here, not even 20 years later, and the team's trying to move again. And one of the concerns I've brought up about this whole Arlington Heights thing is by putting it all on Ted's desk, why should anybody believe it's going to be successful this time around? So that's where I go to, all right, I don't know that this is necessarily going to fix all the problems when it comes to winning, but perhaps whoever they hire in this spot could be the difference in really making this Arlington Heights thing the best it can truly be. And that gives me a little bit more, more optimism about that. Um, possible in-house candidates mentioned in Dan Pompey's story. These are not necessarily surprising. I think they're the first names that would come up. Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Scott Hagel, who's been with the uh, organization ever since he was an, was an intern and has worked his, worked his way up all the way through the communications team, media relations, to now handling marketing uh, and communications. Um, that being said, communications not always what this team is praised for uh, externally. So I think that that's something to keep in mind. And then Senior Vice President Legal Counsel Cliff Stein, who is well-respected, currently handling negotiations once again for player contracts, uh, which is – hiring Cliff Stein is sort of going down the same route they did with – Ted Phillips, you know, by hiring the financial guy who handled the team contracts and going through all that, eventually got more and more involved in um, you know, the football side of things. Cliff Stein, though, I don't have his age necessarily right in front of me. I might have to find his uh, bio with the Bears. But um, he – I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears want to try to go younger. Yeah, in, just like a different knows. background too, Adam. Like, obviously, you kind of talk about it comes from a similar background, financial, like like Ted Phillips. And not to say that, that it doesn't work, but we've seen, you know, the past since 1998, right, with, with Phillips in, in charge. So it's, it's I think, better. Or it gives the, the Bears maybe even more optimism if they were to go maybe a different route with somebody. Like we were talking earlier, football background. Let's get one of those guys and, and you know, higher up in, in the hierarchy of the Bears organization. Maybe that changes things. Yeah. But those are the two in-house candidates that I think make a lot of sense if they go that route. Um, and both have been with the organization for a long, long time, which, you know, on one side you could say, are they part of the problem? Or you could say, are the, do they know what the problems have been and can better fix them because they've, they've witnessed them. So we'll see. There's a, This is a, a story that's going to play out for a long, long time. We do want to share one quote, though, from Virginia McCaskey that was put in the Bears statement uh, today. She said about Ted Phillips, quote, he started out with us as a financial expert. Anything that he was ever asked to take care of, he came through and did it very well. We've been very blessed to have him. Virginia. Like I said, he made a lot. He made a lot of. I don't know that I've ever shared this theory on this show. I've talked about it a lot on radio things I've done. But my theory that kind of top to bottom for too long, everyone in the organization has been promoted one spot too high. 
Yeah. You know, if you just, I'm like, I'm not denying that each one of these people involved in this equation have done a good job at a certain spot, but it's like, at some point you keep promoting and it, you get a little bit too high and then everything. So maybe they can finally bring in that guy at the top that keeps everyone maybe where they should be and the whole yeah. thing will, will work a little bit better. But yeah, uh, like where they're best instead of struggling a bit. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, we'll dive into some more of the football stuff, but obviously huge news today. Credit to Dan Pompey for the exclusive uh, story uh, before the Bears announced it, and uh, we'll see We'll see where that goes. But that'll be a couple big things hanging over this 2022 season. Obviously, we're diving in. Week one starts next week, but you got the stadium, and now you got the team president, and I still think that more long-term and I'm sure this has to come up when you're, when you're talking about hiring a new team president, but what is actually going to happen with ownership once all the dust settles and the literal dust of potentially building a new stadium and having that stadium constructed? Cause if all of that is done, this franchise is going to be worth so much money. It's already worth over $5 billion, yeah. but you add in a new stadium and all that, uh, I don't know. I don't money. I don't know how you don't look at selling the team eventually. Okay, uh, let's jump in. Let's talk about points bet real quick before we get into some fantasy football talk with the Chicago Bears. Points bet sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off from now until September eighth. Points bet power hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central. Sign up for points bet now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today. Use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Uh, Chicago, guys, just, you've just so you're aware, though, uh, it is it is power hour now, and uh, there's a two dollar free bet today. So two dollar free bet. So while you're watching, using you want to hit the like button, keep listening while uh, Nick does whatever ad read he's doing. But in the background, also <laughs> get on your phone and hit that Wait, two dollar. Can, can I can oh, I warn sorry, people sorry, though? Will. Sorry, Will. Uh, say again. Just maybe maybe hold on to that two dollars for just like twenty minutes here. Oh yeah, that's a good call. Because oh yeah, that's we're a good gonna, idea. We're yeah. going to be going over some season-long prop bets, and Ooh. a couple of them are the type that you throw two dollars on and you you win a lot if they come through. So, sure. I mean, you can you go ahead and bet that two dollars now and then come up with two other dollars that you might have in your pocket. See, but I'm just that's saying, what I was going to say, yeah, for a free bet, just maybe hang on here for a little bit. <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you I got like for that, us, Adam? Yeah, I got to tell everybody about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO, F-O-C-O, has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? 
FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. It is getting into hoodie season, although not today. It's going to be a hot one tonight. Very hot. Not just the football on the field. Carmel and Lake Forest, but it's going to be hot. Hydrate, boys. Hydrate. I bought myself a Bears hoodie last night because I won 100 bucks on some games. And I was like, why not give it nice. something tangible? So I got myself a nice new Bears hoodie for the studio you know, later this fall. I'm excited. I like that. I like that. What You are you are hyped about IU football, apparently. Eh, I forgot the game was actually today. I thought it was tomorrow. And then I got like a traffic <laughs> alert for town. Like, hey, just to let you know, like the highway is going to be closed. So plan accordingly. I'm like, shit, that's tonight. We actually have a traffic light that says beat IU, beat Illinois. Like it flashes and they forgot to put go IU. So Oh, it says beat IU? Yeah, it says beat IU on it. And then mm. it refreshes and says beat Illinois. But, you know, we'll beat ourselves. It's fitting. <laughs> Wait, first of all, they don't need to close down the highway for Indiana football, do they? Uh, so like we have a bypass and like during some hours, like, yeah, like an exit off the highway is closed. And I'm going to a high school football game today because it's it's free because my wife teaches there and I, I like high school football. Yeah, it is. It is the best. Who does IU play tonight? Illinois. Wait, they play Illinois tonight? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, starting off with the big. I don't even know who's starting quarterback yet. They have not said it. So What's we'll the points bet line on this game? We might have to get involved. In Lawrence, this. He, Lawrence is on the app. He can figure it out for me. Remember, unfortunately, three of us on the screen cannot bet on Illinois football because stupid rules. So, That's a good point. Uh, we can all send our free bets to Will though and make him bet on <laughs> Illinois. There you go. Plus one and a half, I believe the line is. <laughs> I can. Like I can, however still use that game in my multiple uh, pick em situations I'm in. Oh. I'm not seeing the uh, game, though. Hey, you know, oh, I, that's why I can't see it, because I'm in Illinois, and I'm looking at, at points bad, yeah. and they don't even list the line. I, I think I just said that. No, I know, you. I, but I forgot that they don't even list it to look at it. Uh, I know I could bet on it, but I'm looking at the wrong website, because I can't yeah. even see what the line is. Um... You know, I have a super chat. Really I just want to get this out of the way because I know we got a lot of stuff going on. Willie, thank you for the $2 super chat. He says, does Amir Smith-Marset make an impact this year? And uh, we should set that to Nick. All right. Yeah, to, Nick to wants you to draft him honest, in the first round of Fantasy League. Yes, but no. Uh, he, can he be a <laughs> complimentary piece at the back end of the wide receiver room? I think so. But I'm not going to put expectations for a guy that I haven't even seen play in a Bears uniform. We'll see how he looks and how he gets acclimated to practice. But I think he does have a good skill set that does fit this team. There you go. Indiana one-point favorite, by the way. Thank you, Josh Whitman. I mean, actually, one and a half. Whatever. Well, the lines move. But, yeah, the Illinois AD is certainly one of the major reasons why you were not actually allowed to put money on that game. Damn you. Yeah. All right. I forget his name. Josh Whitman. Whitman, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get off screen. What are we, are we doing fantasy next? Yeah, we're going to do some fantasy. Are you yeah. ready? Uh, I've, I'm through Monty, so I've got three of them. Oh, boy, there's a lot more. I'll be doing this in the background. Okay. I'm okay, get off first of here. all, do not waste your – please do not do one on Equi- Equinemi St. Brown. I'd even put, I'd even put yeah, the numbers put in. in. Don't worry. We put it in there. No. Okay. No. It, I don't no. know. 
why they. I mean, we can talk uh, about. Don't say it, they. That was yeah. them. The, I, just, right I, I, asked, I asked. No I didn't doubt. say you had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's let's start with. Honestly, let's. I think we should go in order with who you would probably draft first. Um, and you said you got David Montgomery. So let's talk about David Montgomery first, um, because I think that he's probably the player that will probably get picked um, first among Bears players. For in most fantasy drafts, going with an average draft position according to Fantasy Pros of thirty-eight. Um, I think that's uh, uh, running back rankings. He's seventeenth, twenty-second, kind of in that range you would expect him to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I had David Montgomery on my team last year. I think I took him in the third round. I want to say, if I can remember correctly. He was solid, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to be the top guy I'm going after this year. How do you guys feel about David Montgomery in fantasy? I feel better about him this year than I would would have last year. I think Adam, just knowing what this Bears coaching staff wants to do with running the football, I think he's in the scheme he can excel. So I think um, he would be a, a nice asset to your team. I did a mock draft today. He went into went in that third round, the seventh pick in the third round. Um, yeah, if you're in a 14 team league, like, like I'm in, and I know Alfredo's actually in the chat here. He's in my fantasy uh, draft on, on Sunday. Ooh, yeah, give away all your secrets here. I know, I know. I'm going to try to keep it, uh, oblivious, you know, not sure too much, but I like David Montgomery. I, I, I like him. Yeah. It's this really, we're going to, the difficult part is we don't know the balance between these running backs and how it's going to get divided up, even though they're going to be more run heavy. We just don't know how much more Montgomery's workload is going to be compared to Khalil Herbert. Tristan Ebner may, you know, compete for some carries, some touches as well. But Montgomery only had 13 games last year. So if you can stay healthy for all 17, then things can change and he can become valuable. He's still someone that if he's sitting there in the third round, you need a running back, go get him. I don't think you need to overthink that. Yeah, probably. Um, it's, it's a good point about the system he's in. Actually, it was the fourth round I took him in last year. Um, value. Yeah, it was like the yeah. comeback early fourth round with the snake in it back around to me. Um, it, it's a, I think it's just a matter of one health and then two, you know, do they are they going to be using more running backs than they have? And does he potentially? But I, I think that he's looked good when we've seen him in that third, fourth round range, certainly in the fourth round. He's probably still worth taking there because then you start to run out of run out of running backs real quick. Then you're sort of guessing on all of them. Yeah, no, that's that's I did the mock draft today. Like after that third round, you guys in a 14 team league, oh, it gets uh, it gets pretty bad. So 14 teams. You, that's too many. Teams. Yeah, well, that's the one the CHGO one we have going on. There's 14, you yep. know, league managers. So we're good test for us. We should have had like. We sh- we should have done it to where people though. are sharing teams or something. Oh. Well, we know. we just have a list of people interested. We have not made any final adjustments. The uh, official CHGO Bears Fantasy League with our CHGO family members is a twelve team league, and that's the sweet spot. Okay, yeah, I agree. I I we're in a ten team league. I like that, but certainly he, tw- going over twelve is is tough. Um, all right, let's talk about Darnell Mooney now. I think he's a very intriguing 
um, depending on what kind of league you're in, potentially sleeper. If you're in a league with a lot of Bears fans, he's probably going to go earlier. Um, I'm in a league with a lot of Packers fans, and we have a new member, guys, this year, and he is a Bears fan. He might even be watching the show. Um, and I, it's totally f- screwing with my draft strategy. You know, like, it's in my head. I'm like, now there's somebody else who's actually maybe following this stuff when it comes to, to the Bears. Um, usually I have a rule that I stay away from all bears, but Darnell Mooney is intriguing. Average draft position is a nice 69. And, um, you know, when you consider his target share last year, he went over a thousand yards. He only had four touchdowns. That was because the bears just didn't score a lot. If they are better in the red zone this year, he's going to be pretty productive. Don't you think? That's exactly what I was thinking as well. You get better quarterback play. Heck, he can actually catch probably a higher volume of his targets, get a little bit more of that percentage up. And like you said, if he can score eight touchdowns and keep a relatively similar stat line, that's a tremendous value at, you know, around the 70th pick there too. And I think the 140 targets was like the 10th most last year of all receivers. So I don't know. I feel like if it's around the same line and he scores more, it's I think it's a no-brainer, except for the one fan in your league. Like, don't draft him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And PPR too, you guys. Like Darnell Mooney getting the 140 targets last year. I think it's just gonna be way more efficient with Luke Getzey running. You know his scheme. Again, that's another guy that you know comes at, you know in that position that you're drafting, and you don't have any quality number one wide receivers. That's what he is for the Bears. I I take a chance. He went number pick 57 in the mock draft I did today. So. Okay, a lot of Bears fans in that league. Have no idea. Just a bunch of random people that. Oh, just it was a mock up. draft. Yeah, yeah, just I a see. mock draft. That so happened, just random so. people on the internet. I see. Um, fifty-seven. Okay, yeah, somewhere in that range, I think makes sense. Um, but I certainly he wouldn't be a player that I'm staying away from. I feel better about drafting Darnell Mooney than I do David Montgomery. Let me just say that. Yeah. So Same all right, uh, the quarterback, Justin Fields. 139th average draft position. Um, So depending on how many teams you have in your league, you can sort that out. Um, I always find this gets into a deeper discussion about when to draft quarterbacks. There are a lot of them. If you're in a two quarterback league, you might want to go a little bit earlier because they disappear faster. But, um, you know, for him to be, there was a stat I had a couple weeks, so I don't have it in front of me, but um, I think, Five out of his last six starts last year, guys, five out of his last six, he delivered as a QB one in fantasy football. That means he was in the top 12. He was one of the the top 12 quarterbacks in five out of the last six weeks worthy of starting in fantasy football. That's despite all the crap that he was dealing with last year and the scheme he was in. So when I hear that, when I see that, I think about the improvement that we've seen on the field uh, and the scheme and how this could be. You factor in the rushing. To me, he is a very draftable quarterback in fantasy football, similar to maybe not quite to the same level rushing as Jalen Hurts a year ago. But Jalen Hurts a year ago, I kept. I actually kept from the year before. 
because I was like, this guy just with the rushing, with the offense he's in, even if he's not considered one of the top quarterbacks in football, he's going to produce in fantasy. I feel similar about Justin Fields this year. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too, Adam. Um, he was the one Bears player that I took in this mock draft today, and he was he was the, my best available option at quarterback at that time too, where I selected him. So he's a guy. The only thing that worries me, and we kind of talked about it yesterday, is he going to play a full 17 game season? It's like, given the offensive line, how he plays, probably not. He's probably yeah. going to miss a game or two. So that's like the one thing you think about in terms of health and fields. But like the production, what he's capable of doing, obviously in the air and on the ground, that is definitely worthy of drafting fields in your fantasy draft. He wouldn't be my first choice. I'm going to be honest. Like in terms of fantasy football, I would probably prefer some other options at quarterback, but there is potential there. If he ends up being a top 15, 18 passer in his league, plus what he can do with his legs, he can be serviceable. He may be someone that if you get a quarterback earlier and he's still sticking around there late, you put him on your bench, you get a couple good matchups. Heck, Justin gets hot, you throw him in. Uh, but like I said, I there would be other quarterbacks that if I could draft and it makes sense, I would. Yeah, I you know, for him to you're looking at like mid eleventh round in a twelve team league right now as the average draft position. That I know quarterbacks tend to go later, um, but that's I, I would take him there. I would take him there, certainly. I think the question is how early do you reach for him? Um and I tend to agree with Will that there's there's better, safer options. Um there because just as a whole like the one thing is we talk about all these bears players which is why we're doing this segment for you but you got to keep into account like really how prolific are they going to be on offense how many touchdowns are there going to be to go around i think we all expect the number to go up but we're also not predicting predicting that this is going to be a top 10 offense by any means in the nfl and at the end of the day you need touchdowns to really score in fantasy football yep so no doubt about it. All right. I want to talk about Cole Komet next, the Bears tight end, because uh, tight end can be a tricky position. There are only, you know, a few that really deliver. And if you don't land a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller or uh, Mark Andrews uh, early on, you could be screwed. So I think the question is, can Cole Komet be uh, one of those secondary tight end targets in the draft that actually ends up delivering. Uh, one of the things I will point out that I think is very relevant with the tight end position is year three tends to be the breakout year. It tends to be the year where these guys either go boom or bust. And Cole Komet, I think has a very, has had a very positive training camp. Um, I think the tight end position is going to be very important in this offense. So if you see, he's going in the middle of like the ninth round right now, that could give you some value if you miss out on one of the top tight ends early on in the draft. I believe he is fringe starter potential for your tight ends and someone that has a decent amount of upside. Uh, he had the ninth most targets last year of all tight ends. And he, and he said it, Adam, that tight end is a emphasis in this offense. So that could even grow. And if he would have scored some touchdowns last year, he would have been a much more impactful tight end in fantasy so, heck, if he has five touchdowns and a similar stat line in terms of receptions and yards, that's a pretty good season, especially for that average draft position, as you mentioned. So I think he's someone that 
you know, maybe people are sleeping on a bit. If they're not Bears fans, that you could get a lot of value and production out of. Yeah, out of all the you know, Bears players that are draftable in, in fantasy, like he's, you know, the rank the highest. Nine by uh, NFL.com. He was 10 by Yahoo. Like, there is some upside with, with Cole Komet. And again, if he can get into the end zone, like that changes the whole story on him. It really does. Mm -hmm. And with, with year three being like this big year for the tight end position as, in general, you're, you hope that's where his trajectory is going. Um, I couldn't get him in the mock in the mock draft. He was gone right the pick right before I was about to select. So, I'm like, all right, but it is a tough one for sure. The tight end position. Well, you consider that he's already being ranked as a top twelve tight end with zero touchdowns last year, right? Mm -hmm. You know that that tells you that I think a, another value candidate here for the Bears. It's it's weird to be having this conversation because a lot of times it's just a total stay away from Bears players for me when it comes to offense, and that was even the case with Allen Robinson at times. Um, and now you're just you're you're. The last three guys we've talked about, Mooney, Fields, Komet, as being value picks, guys you can get later on in the draft that could end up being pretty damn solid starters for you. I don't think we're necessarily talking about like top tier at any of those positions, but certainly guys that I think are starters for you on your fantasy team most weeks. Goes to the scheme, you guys. I think it goes to the, back to the scheme and what we kind of see is maybe a potential for these guys, but it is yeah. uh, refreshing. All right, let's talk about uh, another running back. Should you go after Khalil Herbert? Do you think he's worthy enough of holding on to in case, you know, it doesn't work out for David Montgomery or the fact that they could be using multiple running backs? Average draft position is 138, which makes him a draftable player. It's a average you know an average averages out to like the 11th round of fantasy football drafts a guy that maybe you take a flyer on towards the end guys i'm gonna stay away uh from khalil, khalil herbert right now and part of it's just because i he didn't have that great of a preseason for me and i'm just you know if he was like emerging and continuing that momentum going forward and you think about the future and what's going to happen with David Montgomery, then I'm like, okay, maybe take a flyer on him late. But personally for me, I think I'm going to stay away. I can understand that Adam, uh, just because you're going with recency bias here. I'm just going to look at what we saw last year in his limited sample size and just hope and believe that he can step into that role when he's out there on the field. I, again, just like David Montgomery, I, I think it's even more difficult for some of these backup running backs like Herbert, because if we don't know how these carries are going to get divvied up. And if he actually doesn't get as big as roles, we think that could be a wasted draft pick. Like even the experts don't know how many touches he will get in this offense. And so for me at that point, I debate it, but I just want to say it'd be like a home run pick or an absolute go get him. For me, guys, uh, it's it's you know anytime you get to that second third running back probably your third running back at this point i was like looking at some of the options when herbert was available it was him and then jamal williams and you know obviously it's kind of like a similar situation behind deandre swift obviously being guys that are not the feature back and I'm like I'll, I'll take herbert in that sense because his average draft position uh jamal williams 142 herbert's 138 i'll i'll take a chance on herbert's like when I don't know, one of your guys gets injuries on a bye week, throwing Herbert, see what ends up happening. 
but it it's just so uncertain. We just don't know how the the, the carries are going to be divvied up, how much opportunity he's really going to see, but it should be more than his rookie season. Yeah, I just feel like Herbert's going to be somebody who um, can – even if he ends up getting drafted, I feel like he's somebody who would be let go and be available in your league, depending on how deep your league is. Maybe not your 14-team league, but um, I, I feel like that maybe he's somebody who could you could pick up. Let the Bears running back situation sort itself out for a couple of weeks. You know, See how much these guys are actually going to be used. How, is Ebner... Is Tristan Ebner emerging as an option? So if David Montgomery was down one week, would they actually be splitting carries? Like, there's too many unknowns there for me that I want to see it play out before I take a flyer on Herbert. Um, you know, even late in the draft. By the way, a little bit of news here, real quick, to interrupt the fantasy football stuff. Uh, just a minor uh, practice squad note, but one that I'm actually still a little bit surprised by. Um, the Bears released. Micah do Treadway from the practice squad to mm. make room to get Zachary Thomas on the practice mm. squad. Both players were with the team in camp, obviously. Um, I thought Micah do Treadway had a, you know, an outside chance to make the 53 or push for a spot on the 53. Certainly he made sense on the practice squad. So I'm just surprised that that's the player um, that they moved. You know, I wonder just, again, valuing your draft class. Like, you know, all the guy, a lot, most of the draft class is on the active roster, and now you bring back Zachary Thomas to be on the practice squad. But it seems like that Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, liked those guys they drafted, so they brought him back. Whew, he had my heart going, though, when he said more, like, more news. I'm like, when will it stop over the last, like, three days? It's, it's been, been crazy. It's been nuts. <laughs> It's been crazy. All right. A couple other smaller uh, fantasy football um, options. So small, I didn't bother with a full screen. Good. Uh, I don't blame you. I, I, my league, that we don't even go with kickers or defense. And, and, and I would, this is, okay. let me give you some fan, let me give you guys some fantasy football advice. If you are, if you guys are avid fantasy football players, okay, get rid of kickers and defense. Don't do that anymore. Just we have an OP position, which is like a super flex. A lot of times it gets used as basically a second quarterback. So we're not a two QB league, but a lot of the times we most weeks you probably end up playing two quarterbacks unless you're in a weird spot with bye weeks or things like that. Because you could use a tight end there, you could use a wide receiver or whatever you want to do. Um, and it's just it's trust me, it's more fun. It's more the fun. special teams guy doesn't use kickers. What the what is going More on? Or defense and special like, teams? No. I am very confused right this now. This is fantasy flex. football. This isn't real football. Okay. Let let it special teams special decide teams the actual games. So this is about scoring touchdowns. <laughs> All right. All right. So for those with the kicker and defenses in their leagues, this next segment is for you. Yeah, this is it. Uh Cairo Santos, though. Is he a kicker you're carrying again? See, part of this is like with the kickers, it just comes down to like what off how the offenses rank. Right. That's, no. that, that's a, to me. That's why there's a, this is not a lot of strategy with the kickers. It's like you either, you. I don't know. It's just boring to me when it comes to fantasy football. But you um, just like the higher scores, like throwing a second quarterback out there who you know sure. they get thirty points each. It, it's I get that. I get that. Uh, if you have a kicker position in your league, Santos is someone that you can definitely look into. Uh, 
think about it, guys. The Bears were dead last on third down offense last year. So, so many drives just got stalled before they even reached midfield or they got to midfield. And there's just so many squandered opportunities. If he had seven or eight more attempts last year, that would have been top five. And we know he's money. So he's someone that I would definitely draft, you know, as a kicker. Or if you are like me, sometimes I don't even draft a kicker. I just get all these players and then I'll figure out at the end who's my kicker going to be. Because like Adam said, maybe it's not a lot of strategy and you just you can figure that out before week one and fill it up. But Santos would be a kicker that if you have him, I don't think you're going to complain about it. I have nothing more to add there. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you go OP, you'll never go back. It's it's just so much better. Try it. Try it. One of your leagues. Trust me. I might suggest that for Sunday's uh, draft. We'll see. Do it. Do it. All right, and then there's the Bears defense special teams right now being ranked in the 20s, which is I okay. I guess if you're looking for a defense, well, just like the kicker, if they're ranked in the 20s and no one's drafting them, you can let them sit and yeah. figure that out later. Mm-hmm. But I understand that people are looking at this Bears team as one that's not going to win a lot of games. I don't expect them to give up a you know a crap ton of points, uh, like over thirty points a game or anything of that nature. Turnovers mean a lot. That's an emphasis, and so do sacks. So those two things would be like a reason why the Bears defense could be an intriguing play. But I don't think that I would draft them unless you're in a fan a league with Bears fans and you really want them. But most likely, if you're just like in a standard league, they should be available on the waiver wire. Probably a good point, um, but I do think they have value because the takeaways mainly. Mm-hmm. If they start taking the ball away more, which we think they will, then they'll have. And then I, again, something you got to let play out a little bit. But if you like Valus Jones Jr. from the on the special teams side as a returner, potentially could hit a home run there a week or two. But the guy's not out there practicing, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much faith you can put in that right now. All right, got some prop bets for you coming up next. But first, will. I got you. We got to talk about points bet. Makes perfect sense. If you enjoy CHGO, one way that you can help us continue to grow is download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going, you're going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shared your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will be more than happy to help you out. And in case you miss it, online sign up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone, and signing up is super fast. It's the fastest sports book ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. There's that beautiful QB1 shirt. Buy it. Hit the like button and buy it. Yeah, it's on its way to my house. I'm not for delivery, but it's going to be here soon. Nice. nice. You know, I'm trying to bet on Western Michigan and Michigan State. I feel like that's the that's where I got to go with my two dollar free bet. I'm just trying to figure out is can Western Michigan cover? I have no idea. What's the spread? Uh, they're getting 21, but it's at. I mean, it's in East Lansing. I just all I know is that Michigan State gave up a crap ton of passing yards last year, and Western Michigan. Did have a decent offense. 21? I think they could cover that. I hate to inform college football fans of this fact. Okay, it's just a fact. The lock of the season already happened. Damn it. It already happened. So, I hate to break it to you. Because no team is hyped up more in the preseason 
every single damn year than Nebraska. It's always all oh. Nebraska's back. Nebraska's another, always back in August. Another one we always. couldn't bet on. In They're back. Way. And then yeah. no team is under hype more every single year than Northwestern. And sometimes they live up to that. But most times they do better than everyone thinks. And so if you were looking for the lock of the season, it was somehow Nebraska being a two-touchdown favorite. I'm not saying I thought Northwestern was going to win the game, although I may have put a money line bet on just to – I took the over. I, I don't know. You're just talking too much. I'm just going to take the over for this game. <laughs> for the Michigan game? Western Michigan, Michigan State. It's 54. Let's see some passing. Let's wow. go. Anyway. There yeah, was... no, Nebraska sucks. Uh, that was another one we couldn't bet on, unfortunately. Here That's in true. That's true. But, anyway, point still stands. There's no reason Nebraska should ever be a two-touchdown favorite against anybody in week one. Yeah. Let alone a team that's always underrated in Northwestern. So, but too late already happened, and you couldn't bet on it anyway. Congrats, Illinois. Uh, are we doing uh, predictions next? Is that what we're doing? We are doing our prop bets. Oh, prop bets. We're not yeah. doing record predictions. We don't have any graphics for this, right? No, but I have predictions graphics. Are we doing okay. that later? We'll do that at the end. Just we'll checking. do that at the end. Uh, all right. Well, the way we wanted to do this was have like a two hundred dollar bankroll on points bet. How would you spread out the money? among season-long prop bets, okay? So I'll go first. Uh, I ended up splitting this across six different bets, okay? Right away, I'm taking half of my bankroll, and I'm putting it on the over. Plus 150, over six and a half wins. It's going to cover my bankroll. It's a lock, okay? The Bears are going to win more than six, and I'm feeling great about that. So now I got all my money back to work with. So everything else from this point on, I'm splitting up into $20 bets and hoping one, maybe two hits for the season. All right. First one is $20 on a Roquan Smith to lead the league in tackles. By the way, all of these are available on points bet. And because it's not college football, you can actually bet them, which is what a concept that you can actually bet on something. <laughs> um, Roquan Smith to lead the league in tackles is plus 550. Guys, he's the favorite. That surprised me when I looked yeah. this one up. He is the favorite right now to lead the league in tackles. I think they look at, you know, he's always productive when it comes to tackles, and now he's in this will linebacker position in this defense. Um, and I think, I think plus 550, that's like still solid value for something that has a high probability of actually delivering since he is a favorite. Yeah, no, yeah. when I saw that, I'm like, okay, Roquan Smith at that, like, again, I'll rule mine after you're done with yours, uh, Adam, but I like that a lot. All right. Next one. This was one I was, I had a feeling I'd get pretty good value on definitely a sleeper for this award. Defensive rookie of the year, Jaquan Brisker. Now he's going to have, Probably a tough time winning this award. Aiden Hutchinson's already a superstar on hard knocks and getting the PR and actually looks pretty damn good too. Uh, and he's a top overall draft pick. But if Brisker emerges out of the scene the way he has just behind the scenes that we've been able to see in practices and in the preseason, the one game he played in, he's going to be getting some hype. He's going to be getting some looks. And I think he'll at least be in the conversation. So at plus 3,300, I'm putting 20 bucks on that, hoping it hits. Because that's tremendous like value. It. He's way down the list for that award. 
All right, another one that I found. Um, I think it has a chance of happening. Uh, I don't know how many people realize the Bears were top five in sacks last year. I think they were fourth. Thank you, Robert Quinn. Yeah, it's mostly Robert Quinn. Yeah. That's the catch. And we're, no one's really thinking Robert Quinn's going to have 18 and a half sacks again. But in this new defense, I actually like their defensive line right now. They still do have Robert Quinn until they don't. They have young guys who could emerge. The Bears to lead the league in sacks is plus 1,500, which is pretty good value. So I'm going to throw $20 on that. Now, kind of taking a flyer. The Bears just to make the playoffs is plus 400. I'm not necessarily predicting this is going to happen. But as we're going to get into our record predictions here, we unanimously, just to tease that, obviously think the Bears are going to be in the hunt. Yeah. Right? So if they're plus 400 now, when everyone thinks they suck, what are they going to be as the season goes along and they win some games as we think they will be? Those odds are going to come down. So I'm putting $20 just to say, hey, because if they're in the hunt, you're going to wish you had put that that money down at the start of the season when the odds were where they are now, plus 400. And then let's add all this up because this is obviously a very optimistic view at these things, but that's how you're you're throwing this money out on these on these prop bets. But if they're winning more games than people think, they potentially make the playoffs with how low these expectations are right now and how nobody's giving them credit. And it's a first year head coach. These are all how coach of the year award votes end up getting made. It's a very somewhat flawed award. It's all based on who exceeded the expectations from the start of the season. So if all this stuff's happening, doesn't Matt Eberflus have to be in the conversation at that point for coach of the year? I mean, think about it. If the Bears were to make the playoffs, how would he not be in the conversation? Again, I'm not predicting that, but I'm trying to give you value for how to spread out some of this money. He is plus 4,000 towards the bottom of the list, hanging out with Pete Carroll and Lovey Smith and Arthur Smith, too, at the bottom of this list for coach of the year candidates. And everything we've seen right now has been pretty positive. So I'm going to put $20 on Matt Eberflus to win coach of the year, too. In the hunt, Adam. In the hunt, he'll be. If all that happens. Um, So for me, I, I don't look as the track record goes with me and betting. It's not good. So I'm not going to I'm just going to make as I don't know, not as many bets as possible. But like you, I put $100 on the Bears win total over the six and a half. So that's where I started to divvy up to 200 bucks. That's going to give me 250 to start off right on the bat. So I'm already in positive. And then there's been talks of the Bears having the worst record in the NFL. Picking number one overall, it's like, there's no way in hell I see that happening, obviously, with the first bet I'm making. So to kind of go with the Bears here, like, they're not going to be the worst team. It's going to be the Seahawks. So I'm taking that for 50 bucks on that. That's going to give you 375. And then Roquan to lead. The NFL and tackles plus assists. Just putting my other fifty dollars on there. That's gonna be three twenty-five. I just made you guys nine hundred and fifty dollars, guys. You go put your two hundred dollars like that. You could thank me later, or wow. if it doesn't happen, please, please don't. Just leave me alone. All right. Go ahead, Will. All right. So for me, 
Uh, very similar to y'all. As we all know, spoiler alert, right? We're all taking the over on the win. So I'm going to throw 75 there. $50 to make the playoffs at the plus 400. Go big or go home. And then a lot of small ones to kind of fill it up. Uh, $10 on fields to win the MVP. Why the hell not? That's plus 8,000. It's just $10. I already won plenty of money back. Screw it. $10 for Brisker. We already talked about it. Plus 3,300. 10 on Mooney to lead the NFL in receiving yards. He wants to be the best. We heard it from him all offseason, putting into work. That's plus 5,000. 25 on Roquan to lead the league in tackles. 10 for the Bears to lead the league in sacks. And then another 10 for Coach Flus. Why not? Just spread the wealth. And if one of those hits, awesome. I like it. I like it. Concise. All right, so the way we're going to end the show today is revisiting our record predictions. Now that we've seen the roster, and it's still in flux, but now that we've seen training camp, we've seen the preseason, we've seen how how this team is going to win the Super Bowl this year, let's just reveal it. No. Um, first of all, let's revisit what we said back in May. Okay, our record predictions back, I think it was May 12th, earlier this year. Nick and I said 8-9. Will going crazy with his 10 and seven prediction. Um, so this was again, this was back in May. This was after the draft. This was before they went three and zero in the preseason for whatever that's worth. But I think a lot of what we thought might happen has been confirmed. A lot of the progress we thought we might see this year has been confirmed. You're talking about an offensive line that looks, I think you're feeling better about it now than you did a month ago. You're feeling better about Justin Fields than you did a month ago. And this isn't necessarily based on a 3-0 preseason record. It's what we've seen every day in practice. Feel good about the coaching. So I'm going to add a win to the total. I think that they have, what they've accomplished in training camp and in the preseason is worth a win. I do believe this is going to be a team around 500. I I think nine wins is attainable. Um, I'll give a little bit more reasons why in a second, but uh, Nick, you go ahead. Adam, we had the same record last time. We have the same record again. I do have them uh, at nine and eight. Just again, seeing everything that they've accomplished, what the team kind of looks like now at this point, as opposed to May 12th, when we were kind of speculating what this team will be. And then you gave a very insightful stat on yesterday's show that I took into account about the Bears and the Packers. I'm like, are the Bears going to beat the Packers this season? I didn't have them doing that in the last time. This year, I changed it just to keep that stat going. That would make it 10 straight, 10 straight. coaches in their in their first year being the Packers. So, so if you missed on yesterday's show, kind of stumbled on this, but looking at it, going through coach by coach by coach, the last nine Bears head coaches have beat the Packers in their first season. With one caveat, Mike Dicka didn't play the Packers in 82 because of the strike. So his first year of playing the Packers was in 83, but they did beat them. And I think every single one of those coaches went one and one. And a lot of those wins were in Lambeau, not even at Soldier Field. They were Lambeau. So something to keep in mind um, this year. I did the same thing, by the way. After, after, <laughs> after looking at that, I'm like, all right. I think they're going to win. I don't know which one it's going to be. I think they're going to beat the Packers once. Did you end up changing any other games, though, as you were kind of going through it again? I ended up switching some games and still ended up at the 9-8 the and eight record. But was was that the only one you switched? 
Well, to be honest, the way I try to do season pr- predictions is I don't really go game by game. I like to break it down in chunks. Like, so for instance, okay. I don't know if they're going to be the Giants or Jets. I feel like they're probably going to split those. I feel like they're going to split the games against the Packers. Um, you know, I, I think there's there's always a game that they should win that they're not going to. There's going to be a game that they're going to win that they shouldn't. Like, maybe that's the Cowboys. And so I kind of group them in those areas and then somehow mash it into a win total. That's why I got to nine and eight. Gotcha. Am I good to go? Or are we just going to like not do mine because, you know, do it well. Cool. You're worried. All right. You're worried well, about the I had him at, I'm not worried. You were the one pre-show that was worried, <laughs> but I'm all right. So I had him at 10 and seven. You guys found a victory. There's no way in hell I couldn't find and talk myself into just one more too. So 11 and six. And I know it's, Probably it's most likely not going to happen, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> There's only three games I look at. That I say they probably won't win one against the Packers, maybe the Eagles and then the bills. Other than that, they do have a chance in every single game. It's just a matter of if they'll execute or not. And if I don't bring the optimism to the table, like a, I'm not being myself. Like we know this, it's been, I'm doing this for years and the bears are back in that underdog role and I love it. And as a bears fan, my entire life, like I'm kind of comfy here. Like it's fun. Like I like being overlooked. So I know there's a decent amount of people who feel the same, maybe not to the same exact degree, but you know, I'm here to represent and I have some more reasons too. Uh, but I know Adam, you had some that you want to hit on yours and then I'll share the reasons to be optimistic. Well, 11 seems like a little bit much, but the reason why I'm, I'm willing to make the leap to nine, which I'm admitting is on the more optimistic side. I just, part of my logic here too, is this was a team that won six games last year, despite all the shit. Thank you. Like it, you know, and yes, they got rid of some of that talent, but some of that talent either wasn't playing or was part of the problem, quite frankly. And the, like let's so let's just start the baseline at six, because I don't think that they. When I look at everything they lost, whether it's the coaching or it's even like Khalil Mack, is obviously a big piece, but he only played half of last season and was never really the same guy as he was in 2018. So I don't subtract anything just starting at sort of the bottom and working way up. Okay, and I think the coaching. It's going to be better. Okay, so maybe add a win there because that's probably worth something. I don't necessarily think the offense is going to take off, but I think it's going to be more efficient than it was last year. I think the quarterback's going to be better. I think the offensive line is already better. I'm still concerned about the wide receivers, but you know maybe that can be worth a win too. Um, and the defense, I don't think, is any worse. I think the secondary is better. So, like, let's say that that at least gets you to eight wins. So, one win for the coaching, a half a win for the offense, slight improvement, half a win for the defense, at least not dropping off, maybe being slightly better in the secondary, and creating more takeaways, which is a huge stat in football that does lead to victories. Now you have this, too, that I feel like people haven't talked about enough. The Bears have the fourth easiest schedule. The fourth largest improvement, this is from uh, Warren Sharp's season preview magazine, by the way. That's the fourth largest improvement after they faced the ninth most difficult schedule last year. 
The most notable improvement is against opposing offenses. The Bears face the most efficient passing offenses in 2021. So on a weekly basis, they when the season was over, they no other team faced more efficient passing offenses last year than they did. This year, they are projected to face the 14th most difficult, which is the seventh largest improvement in 2021. Look, the reality is in the NFL, the schedule determines a lot. It has a, it, mm-hmm. it just does. It's the way that things shake out. There's only so many games. It doesn't really get evened out over a long 162 game season. It's condensed. And so that right there is worth a win to me. So I'm plus three on the wins. That gets me to nine. That's why I'm going nine and eight. There you see, you put a lot into this, and I appreciate that too. You mentioned it. Fourth easiest schedule. According to CBS Sports, last year's schedule is the third most difficult. And he won six games with that. That's a haphazard offensive scheme. That's severely poor coaching. You had the third worst red zone on offense. You were dead last on third down. I just expect them. If they're average in those regards, you're, you're picking up wins left and right. 10 games last year, the Bears scored 20 or fewer points. Six games where they allowed 30 or more points. I expect both of those to kind of even out and get back to the league average. You're going to get that new bump from a head coach that his philosophy, I think, has a huge effect. You saw from 1920 football drive, like watch the tape, hold yourself accountable. Like That's going to be all season long. And I think they're buying in now. Wait to midseason. Like it's going to be become part of their identity. Coaches holding players accountable. I believe those coaches are respected. And I'm working on a column. I believe the Bears are becoming the last chance you of the NFL, just with all these reclamation projects. Justin Fields taking a year to leap. Heavy on the ground attack, be his best friend, chew the clock. Actual game management that makes sense. And like I said, of all the games, there's only three that I'm like, eh, probably not much of a chance. But outside of that, they have a fighting chance each and every week. Matt Nagy went 12-4 and in his debut season with the eighth most difficult scheduled. That was an offense with Mitch, only scoring 18 points per game. We know how much the defense helped with their turnovers or touchdowns. We're going to see more turnovers this year like we did in 2018. Maybe not the same amount, but it's going to be more. And I expect this offense to deliver more than we saw in 2018. So if Mitch, Howard, Cohen, A-Rob, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton can win 12 in a 16-game season, why can't year two Justin Fields, Montgomery, Herbert, Komet, Mooney, and a few receivers to pick up the slack get 11 in a 17-game season? That's why I'm stoked, and that's why I'm ready for this team to show me that I'm right. 11 to win. So let's go. Wow. That's called that's called will call, by the way. I saw your shirt. Hey, you you defended that pretty damn well, I will say. For you come out with eleven wins. I like it. You did a good job. All right. Um, we need to get out of here. What a week it's been with news. And um I can't wait to get back Tuesday. It's game week. We need a long weekend after all the news, by the way. Like yeah, we need we deserve sure. it. We deserve it. And it's game week. So let's go. Yeah. So no show Monday. We'll be back Tuesday. I'm telling you, it is a must-watch, important show. Tune in on Tuesday. Tuesday, we're back at noon. It's going to be fun. Got some new things to announce, some exciting stuff. We'll have you covered from Hal's Hall every week. we got an awesome team for you uh, as we dive into, finally, game week, Bears versus 49ers. Let's go. Let's get it. Good luck to Indiana tonight against Illinois. Thanks. I don't know if we need it, but I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, you're one-point favorites. Can't bet on it. Um, Don't even know who Iowa plays, but good luck to them, too. South Dakota State. Yeah.
It's fine. Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits. Yeah, don't matter. Ooh. One no. Start off one. Wow. And then uh, I'll be at the Wisconsin game this weekend, so that'll yeah. be fun too. Yeah, and they're playing Illinois State. Actually, have fun. Let me know if you need any tips or questions answered while you're in Madison. Um, for sure. But if Iowa somehow loses, we need to pull that back on Tuesday's show for sure. <laughs> Just dismissing South Dakota State as an opponent. All right, we're out of here. Thanks to Lawrence. Crazy amount of work went behind the, went on behind the scenes before this show. We had a whole show planned with a lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden, Ted Phillips, then that news dropped. So great job, Lawrence. Thank you. Did what I could. Appreciate Only made you. a few mistakes here and there, but hopefully they weren't too noticeable. No, no, we're good. Uh, all right, we will talk to you Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Have a good Labor Day.